The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary and Chris Calicut, when we're going to talk about SmackDown Live for May 30th, 2017. Gentlemen, great to see you both. Raj, what did you think of SmackDown last night? Um, you know, I thought it was better than raw. Um, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's kind of the recurring theme. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, nothing, uh, nothing blew me away. It, it still felt like, uh, a by the numbers show for the most part, uh, you know, announcing the women's money, the bank ladder match was kind of cool. Um, they had, they did it a little differently, which I liked. Um, but other than that, uh, it, just nothing really stuck, you know, again, with the main event with, you know, Dolph beating AJ, they're kind of already doing this on raw, but I'm guessing we're just going to see all the SmackDown guys in money in the bank ladder match, just trading victories, uh, you know, for the next three weeks. Yeah. It's very odd. Chris, how about you, man? What'd you think last night? Yeah, I think the show overall was pretty good. Um, I think SmackDown in general has a little bit more of a fun feel or overtone, you know, with the Brizango stuff, um, and the way that they went to the women's uh, Money in the Bank match, I thought it was really good. They, they just seem like they take a couple more risks here and there, um, and it, a lot of times it pays off for them. Yeah, I th- you know, we all knew from the rumors that the women's Money in the Bank ladder match was a strong possibility, so I thought it was a creative solution to that last night and one that I think you could see where it was going, you know, 30 seconds into that match that never – Officially started, but let's go uh, segment by segment and run down the show. So we start with the promos for that fatal five way last night for the new number one contendership for the women's belt. But after that video package went to Kevin Owens in the ring, uh, then introduced Nakamura who came out to a pop. And before you know it, it, the whole thing devolved into Nakamura and Sami Zayn versus Baron Corbin and Kevin Owens. So you're right, Raj. I mean, similar to Raw already in terms of how they're setting this up and going beat by beat. Chris, do you feel it's sort of paint by numbers at this point, how they uh, mix match and configure the dance card for uh, all these different guys going into a multi-man match? That's the thing is, is whenever you put all these guys together in lots of different configurations, by the time the actual 
big match gets there, you're not all that excited about it because you've seen every option that could possibly happen. Or at least it feels that way to me. Um, and just to sort of go back to the first little intro package with the, the ladies inset promos, said, you know, welcome to 1987 AWA. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's something different. It felt old school. Um, did they execute it that well? Not really. But, hey, it was something different that they haven't tried in a while. Um, but, um, with the tag match, the match itself was, was fantastic. I thought it was, it got just about everybody in the match over to some degree. Yeah. Raj, what'd you make of those promos at the beginning? Uh, it kind of reminded me of Saturday night's main event. You remember in the, uh, the eighties when they'd have those, the the promos at the beginning of the show, but with a lot less charisma, you know, (laughs) a lot less, uh, just more reading as opposed to like really being in character. But you know, I I do like the idea of it. I just think uh, they need to they need to sound more uh, they need to sound different from each other and and you know have more uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, just more character personality would help yeah. <laughs> because you know you, I heard Tamina talk for the first time in what seems yeah. like forever and remembered oh that's why she doesn't talk um, <laughs> yeah. and because her promo was just it was stale it was just there yeah i don't know uh, guys i know i'm i feel like i'm the only one who liked it last year but i think that you know if you hated the six men on a ladder in search of a dream series of vignettes and skits and monologues that we had last year leading up into money in the bank i have, have a pretty strong feeling we're going to see that times two this year going into the pay-per-view yeah yep. they're, they're building it pretty hard so First match last night, Nakamura and Zayn won. Real, real quick about yeah. that promo. Again, they're they're doing no favors with having Nakamura cut these long promos. I mean, he's already getting the what treatment. Um, you know, he, he's this is his second match on television on SmackDown. Yeah. So they really need to rethink just how, trying to book him like everyone else or trying to be a little different with him and think outside the box with him like they do with Lesnar. Because he's a big superstar with the fans react. and But when he cuts those promos, he, he loses them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think just, man, you know, they're doing what they're doing at this point. Nothing's going to change. And he cut, so- promos, he cut promos in NXT, but they weren't that long-winded. He would get to a specific point, and it would be, you know, some smart aleck one-liner that would pop the crowd, and that's really all he needs to do. Uh, he doesn't need to be spilling out paragraphs. Right. I just, it's to the point, and I feel this way, uh, sometimes when Bailey would cut a promo, it was this way with Sasha a little bit last year, where it's just you're really rooting for him, but you're just like, please let the next word out of their mouth be the last word in this promo. Like, like, let's let's take it home, people. Wrap it up here, you know. Like, it's just right. uh, every every syllable is one too many sometimes. Yeah, he he's someone that can definitely use a, a mouthpiece. Yeah, literally a mouthpiece, not the mouth guard that not he yet. wears. Right. Literally, yeah. someone to speak for him. Well, no, right now he literally has a mouthpiece, but he needs uh, uh, someone why? to speak for him. Why would you talk with that in, Raj? One one week, let's do this Wednesday podcast, all wearing mouth guards, just to prove what a bad idea it right. is to try and talk while wearing one. Kurt Angle did that for a little bit, and he got rid of that quickly. Yeah, it's just it's it's an impediment. I mean, it's literally impedes your speech. It is a physical speech impediment. Um. Interesting, Sami Zayn now, man. It's yeah, and and real quick, the first thing you know after after a UFC fight when they don't take off their mouth mouth guard, the first thing Joe Rogan will say is take off you know take out your mouth guard. Yeah, I hear you right. 
That's true. Well, he won last night with Sami Zayn. So, uh, what's that? Two weeks in a row. Sami Zayn not losing. Yep, and two weeks in a row, Nakamura pinned Kevin Owens as well. Yeah, yeah. Wins and losses don't matter, guys. That's what we've been trained to trained to believe. To an extent, but they're not beating Nakamura. <laughs> you know, yeah. not they're at least not oh, yet. Right, and, right. You know, I, I I hope they don't beat him before Money in the Bank. I, I hope that they protect him and and when he does finally lose, it, it's you know in a title match or, or something that means something as opposed to a, just some random TV match. So American Alpha not on TV this week, but they got a mention. Mentioned from uh, the Usos during their promo. Yeah, they didn't even work the dark match this week. Mm. Oh, those poor guys. Um, Have they been taken off the road completely? Or are they are they doing the the house shows? Uh, they are, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, what do you think of the Usos promo, Chris? To you first. Um, man, I I find myself actually liking these guys in this role. Um, I didn't think that I would initially off their first one, but it's, it's actually kind of catchy. They're growing on me. Um, and it's, it's just something completely different than they've ever done before. So it feels fresh because they've come out with these little, uh, I don't know whether what the exact description should be, I guess, urban gangster type of promos. Um, but I think it fits them really well. And it's uh, a great, you know, aside to uh, guys like Brazango. Yeah, I think that it's a great contrast to, and now to the new day because uh, uh, they're completely different characters, and you know, and that's what you need more in WWE is guys that really stand out that are their own characters that you believe their character, uh-huh. and the Usos, even you know, even though they were doing that face paint kid friendly gimmick for so long, uh, they've transformed themselves here, and and you believe you believe their character. So I'm I'm a fan of this. Yeah. No, I think it's it's definitely showing a lot more personality. I mean, they had feels like no personality before this. Real, real quick, and a quick correction on uh, American Alpha. They did not work this past weekend's live events. So they worked the dark match last week. They worked the live events before that, but they didn't work this last weekend. Hmm. So uh, the Usos having their, their moment of uh, glory out there, interrupted by New Day, and now this is going to be the test to see how dynamic – the Usos will continue to appear or they're going to continue to cede all of their time to the New Day. Um, Raj, did you think the New Day would get a bigger pop than this last night or is this what you expected for their return? I thought it was a pretty big pop. So, um, yeah, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a good pop for, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't out of the world superstar level, but it was good. Well, because they haven't really been gone. I mean, Chris, does it feel like, it was maybe a mistake to even have them on Talking Smack last week. I mean, it feels like the New Day was off TV for, what, maybe a month? Yeah, I mean, it, you didn't really get a chance to miss them completely, I guess would be the way to say it. Um, but then when they came back, I thought last night's promo was actually one of their better ones in a while. It did not feel nearly as hokey as some of the recent stuff uh, before they went off TV. Yeah. So maybe we're getting a slightly refined New Day. But uh, the ba- match was set up for the title at money in the bank right that is there is a title step with that for those belts at money in the bank yes i believe that was announced but you know i like the way that they just walked in and because they had the raw um titles for forever and now they just walk into another title shot yeah yeah i think uh i think if you had them go against some some other tag team like the colognes or something it would kind of kill their steam a bit as opposed to jumping right in 
That's true. Yeah. So speaking of the clones, uh, another edition of Fashion Files last night. How do you think uh, things are looking for Brazongo, Raj? With uh, even last night, what was that line Fandango had something about now after losing to the Usos back to the discount rack with the other rejects or, or has-beens? I thought I'm that sorry. was kind of. Uh, what was that? Fandango had a line at the start of the Fashion Files, something about saying, you know, now that they failed with the Usos, maybe they'll go back to the discount rack with the other has-beens. You know, I thought that was an interesting. <laughs> I didn't little, even catch that. Interesting little piece of commentary on. Uh, well, I guess the Ascension, right? The Ascension is literally now like. It, it just shows in the tag division and the women's division that unless you're in the title feud, they've got nothing for you. And you know, and you see it with Sasha Banks. I mean, yes, she is in a storyline, but it's a crappy one. So, um, you know, that it it just it just sucks that they can't come up with better storylines for tag teams and women that aren't in the title picture. And same as and cruiserweights as well. So pretty, pretty much every division except for the the, the male singles division. Yeah, uh, personally, I was surprised that they actually gave them something to work with after they lost last week. Um, I honestly thought that we would not see them on TV again for a while, but I think that they got themselves over so much that they didn't really have a choice. Um, you know, the, the YouTube numbers did really well for the, I think the fashion files. So I think, you know, a lot of that just caught on and they, they are going to run with it. And I'm personally happy to see it because both guys are really good workers too. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will give credit for now uh, because, you know, usually, when someone does something that catches on, WWE is quick to kind of kill it off. Um, but they're sticking with this um, for now, and, and I think that's a good thing. Breezango, you definitely see them getting more and more over each week. And, um, yeah, it gives them something. I, I feel like they need a tag team uh, to work with that's n- that doesn't bring them down while they're on the rise. Because if you have them working with the Colognes or the Ascension, uh, it just kind of tells you where they're placed. And here we go, you know, I hate to say this all the time and always talk about turning people heel. But if you were to turn American Alpha heel, it gives them something to do and it gives them a feud with Brizango and it could be something entertaining uh, on the undercard. And they could have a heck of a match too if you want to look at it that way. So Absolutely. Yeah, that's no, uh, interesting to see what they do with them going forward from here and how this plays out. So we'll talk about the match itself, what there was of Brizango versus the Colognes in a moment uh before that so we had the build up with Dolph Ziggler uh backstage build up with AJ warming up backstage but let's talk about the fatal five way so for the controlled chaos that it was with Charlotte Flair versus Carmella versus Natalia versus Tamina versus Becky Lynch last night what did you think of that and Raj what did you think of Shane doing his full entrance coming out there to interrupt the match I thought that was kind of weird like I'm coming out immediately to address this but first let me smack, slap some hands and do a shuffle in the ring you know yeah definitely yeah it definitely wasn't organic <laughs> yeah. but uh you know what they always do in this situation which I, I was glad they didn't do is they have the five of them wrestle to like a no contest and then they are like oh I, you all five get a you know a chance by being in this money in the bank ladder match so they they tried something different here. I like that they uh, had them be a little more, I hate using the word extreme, you know, uh, too much, but ha- have them be more hardcore uh, by, by doing the table spot and, sh- you know, getting people excited for that kind of match uh, from the women, which we haven't seen. So, um, so I, yeah, I mean, I think I, I would have done this segment a little bit different. Um, 
but with where they went, it, it was fine. And, and, and actually, I liked it overall, except for, you know, the Shane O'Mac interest. But other than that, I, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Each, um, each woman got a little bit of shine. All five girls got some sort of a finisher or a big impact move in. Um, so that show, they tried to show the equality and that anybody can win. Um, and they did show a little, little extra aggression. Um, they did not go out there and, and just have soft type of moves. They went out there and, and went at it. Uh, and I think that actually got over with the crowd, especially with the table spot. So they were put in that top of the hour spot. I think it was partially a test, but again, it's a historic announcement too. Uh, but I thought they, they knocked it out of the park for what they were given. I thought they did really well. Yeah. You know, yeah. I the think- women, the women did great. There was the, how it was structured was odd, but it, I, I, I thought, you know, now after seeing them last night, I'm, way more optimistic about this match, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A ladder match is going to be uh, different, you know, and I think they'll rise to the occasion. I think I'm, I'm worried about Charlotte doing that. The that, moonsault, the moonsault from the top. Onto something. I don't know she, what she, she's got to do it onto Becky because <laughs> she's the only one that can, uh, that you could safely account on catching her, you know? Well, I'll tell you, man, you know, I know we harp a lot on SmackDown tossing six women together in a match, the same six women, five women wrestling each other all the time. The good news is they're going to have this ladder match down pat because they've been doing these multi-women matches so much. <laughs> they could probably do it in the, with their eyes closed at this point, you know? Right. And that's pretty much all they've been doing. Even, even yeah. live events, they're, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, tagged no, when, up against each other. When I went live, that's – which is kind of weird. You would think at this point – with the women's wrestling catching on we're a couple of years since the women's revolution at the house show still one women's match. Yeah. You know, it's too bad. They don't have anything for Naomi while they're doing this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she did that little inset promo, but again, kind of, yeah, every, every single one of those are, are cheesy and you know what they're going to say anyway. So, I mean, they're kind of pointless, but at least she did make the show and just sort of wasn't an anomaly. And I'm guessing she'll probably do commentary or something at Money in the Bank during this match. But, you know, they have no other women right now on that SmackDown side. I mean, Lana, didn't they say she was going to debut tonight? Mm, I don't think they – I don't think there was has been a date announced for that. Okay. Yeah, that was just – I think it's just been coming soon. And then last night there was no promo or anything Mm-mm. for Lana. Which could mean she is really coming soon. Yeah, maybe. You know, with that said, was that Summer Rays or Lana's silhouette in the Brizango segment? Oh, yeah. So, (laughs) Blinken, you missed it last night, but I thought for a second we were getting uh, Lana introduced into the mix, maybe. Uh, That would probably be a good way to to bring her in. Same thing. Isn't Summer Rays scheduled, uh, or isn't she cleared now to come back? She's been cleared, yeah. I mean, she was working out at the Performance Center during WrestleMania. So, uh, go ahead, Chris. And I was thinking with the announcement that she's in the Maxim Hot 100, that would have been perfect place to put her there and just feed off of that PR and um, reintroduce her that way. But how, how many women do you got on Raw that are being used? You got, you know, Bailey, Alexa, Sasha, Alicia, um, who else? Um, Mickey James, Nia Jax. Not, Nia to an extent, but Nia had a fantastic tweet last night. I don't know if you guys saw it. She's like, I like how SmackDown Live uses all of their women's roster every week because she wasn't on TV the last two weeks. Yeah. 
Um, and I was like, hello there. Shade yeah. has been thrown. Yeah. And uh, and also Dana Brooke and Emma. So they got eight, right? Yep. They got eight on Broad. We got six right now on SmackDown. So, and now with Lana coming at seven. So I think Summer Ray, you know, that evens it out. You got eight each if you bring Summer Ray on, on SmackDown. Now, as for as Nia Jax's tweet, it's like, yeah, you're on TV every week, but you're being used non-effectively and no one's really becoming a star out of it. But you are you are on TV every week on SmackDown. So the actual match with Brazongo versus the Colognes last night, um, what did you think of that, Chris? And what do you think about them keeping the comedy going pretty strong with uh, Tyler Breeze and the outfit switches? The match was fine. You just got to see the comedic genius of Brazongo. Um and it's the little things. If you if you can get a freaking mop in a janitor's outfit over, you're doing something right, I guess. But I mean, he did really good comedy in NXT too. So I mean, this is nothing new. These guys these are, these guys are good at, at their role. I, I mean, if it works, it works. You know, if it gets over with the crowd, it gets over with the crowd. It's not my my kind of thing, um, especially when Tyler Breeze wore the Nikki Bella wig. Because all that reminds me of is Nikki Bella giving her the, you know, giving him the AA and submitting him. And and I don't think that does him any favors. But, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm all for some comedy, but, um, you know, it's it's working. So, uh, I, I you know, if, if I was booking, I'd keep doing what they're doing with them because it's working. Yeah. So uh, in a minute, we're going to talk about the rest of the show. But first, I want to take a moment to thank the sponsor of this episode, DDPY, DDP Yoga, specifically their awesome Max Pack, used by the likes of Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, Mick Foley, and tons of other WWE stars who love using DDPY. Goldust, you've seen his great promos lately. He credits DDPY with getting him in the best shape of his life, and it can do the same for you. For a limited time, you can get the DDP Yoga Now app for 25% off, or you can get the DDPY DVDs for 25% off. And that includes three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. That includes Diamond Dallas Pages, Monday Motivational Messages, includes cooking lessons to teach you how to make healthy food taste amazing. And of course, it includes a ton of DDPY workouts. So you're never going to get bored of doing the same routine more than once. Head on over now to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. You can also buy a max or combo pack at 25% off and get 50% off the second one. That's ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. Take control of your health, take control of your life. You've seen the success story. So many people have lost so much weight, improve their flexibility, improve their health using DDP yoga. You can too when you head on over to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So uh, we had the last night the promos backstage with AJ and Ziggler building up their match. And then Randy Orton came out to speak about losing the title. What did you think, Chris, of that last night with Randy uh, cutting a promo, showing sort of his, his viewpoint in the whole thing? This was, well, I've seen a lot of people say this is his best promo in a while, but I just don't know if it was the direction to go. I mean, yes, he brought his family lineage and his history into the equation, and how he should be better than you know losing to Mahal, but it almost felt I'm the American guy, I'm the best, and I should not have lost to that other guy. Uh, it, it felt like it was walking a very thin line to me. Um, I just it almost felt awkward in, in a couple places for me. Yeah, I kind of I, I kind of thought there was a little double entendre there. Um, uh, but that being said, I did think it was Orton's best promo in a while but that you know that's kind of low standards um but um 
it does make him seem more serious. It makes the feud seem serious. It does seem like he's refocused. Um, so on, on that level, it's good. But uh, yeah, I've had his or- Orton's the best promo in a while. But still, if you compare it to the other good promos in the company, it wasn't anything special. Yeah, it's it's grading on a curve. For Randy, it felt like it was at least giving him perspective, which I feel is what they've you know, they've really lacked doing. I mean, even his whole thing with the Wyatts, I didn't really get his viewpoint. I yeah. like that they took it bigger last night. Right, and it didn't seem like he was, you know, reciting a script as much as as much as usual. So that's uh that's a good thing. Yeah. Usually when somebody fumbles over their words, it, it actually means that it's coming from their heart or their head. I mean, it's not coming from a script. It doesn't sound recited. It sounded much more natural. So who knows? He actually might have had a little creative freedom uh, on his promo last night. Yeah. Oops. Sorry. Uh, so quickly, Raj, uh, Rich Swan and Sasha Banks lighting it up last night in that 205 live promo. Oh, gosh. Those 205 live promos are the worst. I, I, watching those would make me not want to tune in. Yeah. What was uh, Matt Morgan's quote from Monday night? I said, Matt, do you think it's a step down for Sasha going to two, you know, going to two Oh five live, getting involved with this. And Matt said a step down. It's like they threw her down a flight of stairs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Well, she's was shown on all three shows this week. So there's, there's something counts for something. Uh, How was, how was two Oh five live last night? No, I actually did not get to watch it this week, believe it or not. That's normally my show, but since I stopped covering it after my little man was born, I have not been into it quite as much. So I did see the highlights. You know, you had Cedric Alexander coming back versus another fellow North Carolina wrestler in Corey Hollis. Uh, they put on a nice little match, but uh, I did not get to see much of the other stuff. It, it was the uh, it's too much campy comedy on that show where you get enough of it on the rest that uh, – if you're looking for an alternative, this isn't it. It's just campy comedy with smaller guys. At least on Raw, you know, you have serious feuds here and there. Um, 205 Live, just, it's, it's it's dying. And outside of Aries and Neville, and, you know, I thought Aries and Neville were uh, by far the best thing, but that's it. You got a weekly show with two guys that are something special that are worth watching. And, and you know, if this wasn't my job, I would not be watching that show. I would have stopped you know, a month ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you saw the Cruiserweight Classic, you saw what 205 Live could be. Oh, yeah. They, the Cruiserweight they, Classic was awesome. Absolutely, because they integrated stories and characters in that to get all of the competitors over. And it's like once they made 205 Live, they said, let's just write it like any other WWE show except in a different weight class. And to me, that it just is not going to work because they can do a couple extra moves. It's not going to make them that much better. You still have to have the content with the talent. Yeah. I will say this. You know, we were uh, we were predicting with our Extreme Rules predictions, and, and we'll get to that later. But, uh, you know, on, on Raw, they had Aries tapping out Neville, which seemed to be uh, indicating that Neville would be beating Aries uh, this Sunday. Now, they didn't do that on 205 Live, but they had the show ended with Neville uh, having Aries in the rings of Saturn and and basically destroying Aries. So who knows? You know, maybe that means uh, maybe that means Aries is winning. Yeah, we'll see. So uh, speaking of uh, 
victories last night, Dolph Ziggler over AJ Styles. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, about the match itself and how we got to that point. But to start with, were you surprised with that outcome, Rush? I was, but, you know, this is their normal booking where everybody kind of beats everyone in these multi-person matches. And, you know, it these these finishes are not going to mean anything until money in the bank it's just uh unless someone beats nakamura it's pretty much everyone trading victories until then but you know i i think aries is their hottest thing and and doing stuff like this cools him down Hmm. um yeah sorry with with the styles and ziggler there um so to me, they're in Styles' hometown. He's not going to win. We we know that. Did, did, um, wait, did I say Styles or Aries? You said Aries. I'm sorry, I meant Styles. <laughs> Styles no is the hottest thing on the hottest. There you go. Smackdown. and and having Ziggler beat him. Ziggler, who's just been you know competitive matches with Kalisto, uh, hasn't won a big match in a while, and having Styles lose to Ziggler just cools him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, with that said, I mean don't you kind of have to build that animosity between people and set up sort of storylines within that ladder match and also give the perception that anybody can be anybody. I mean, they, they should have done that a little bit better in my opinion with the Mahal situation instead of bringing it. But I almost think that's what they're shooting for, whether it is meaningless or not at this point. They do that every time though is the problem. And they're, they're doing so many of these multi-person matches that when you do have, everyone beating everyone it uh it uh i think it just just makes it uh, like it makes you not care and you, you know what i'd almost want to see is try something different this time have kind of two people going to that match super strong and kind of build it as these two guys you know are the two favorites clearly the favorites which one of those two is going to win because yeah. and you could always still do the swerve with a you know baron corbin i'm, I'm guessing he's probably going to win but you build it that Styles and Nakamura, and they're on this tear, and they're both, you know, you can both, you can see them both in the world title match. You book them strong until the pay per view. And that's, you know, that's really in your head. So that makes yeah. you excited, as opposed to a bunch of guys that have already lost uh, over the past few weeks, and which one is going to win. Right. And even with that, you have, like I say, if you build one or two guys that are super hot going into the match, then you can have an actual true underdog effect and say, like um, Zack Ryder did in the IC title match. And Mania a couple years ago, you know, he wasn't really expected to win, and out there he was. Um, so, I mean, you kind of have a lot of different booking directions if you do it that way. So, yeah, nice, nice, nice point, Rush. Yeah, and you, you know, you ha- already had Styles and Nakamura team up last week. You kind of could have kind of kept him on the same team in the same picture, so that way you don't have them face each other at all before Money in the Bank. And um, anyway, that's my fantasy booking. I can go off on a <laughs> tangent, but I just think that would have been way more interesting. Thought the match was good. Yeah, yeah the match was was very good. I mean, with those four guys in there, how could it not be at least decent? Here, here's the thing: you you see so many good matches a week anyway. I feel like you need more than that in today's climate. You know, it, it was a good match. Yes, you know, uh, not the opener was a good match, uh, mm-hmm. but without the strong booking, it's just you have match, 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 match every day of the week almost now. So you know you need more if you want to keep these fans in yeah we'll see we'll see how they keep this going Dolph it was not predictable having Dolph win last night but it's a long way to money in the bank we got extreme rules coming up this weekend so after that what uh two weeks 
just forever in SmackDown TV time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, AJ Styles will probably get beat, th- you know, win two, lose three, but, you know, in that time period somehow. So. Yeah. Um, and um, r- random question, guys. Sorry, yeah. I know that we've sort of seen a couple of guys that have been off TV for a few weeks now. Mojo Raleigh being one of those, has mm-hmm. he been hurt or? No, he worked, a, he worked a dark match again. He worked the dark match last week. He worked the dark match last night. He teamed with, we got it on this site. Um, it was like Aiden English. Uh, it, it was a six-man tag. And uh, yeah, Mojo was one of the guys. So okay. last week as a 10-man tag. It had, um, it included American Alpha and I think the Ascension. This week it was uh, Luke Harper, Ty Dillinger, and Mojo Raleigh defeating Aiden English and the Ascension. Yep, Harper and Rowan nowhere to be found, and Ty Dillinger nowhere to be found. No, no. Harper, Harper was in that match. Oh, you, oh okay. You I, I was talking about this, this week. Show. Yeah, on the show this week is sort of what I was talking about. But gotcha. uh, that, that's kind of odd. You almost think that SmackDown should be the three-hour show, considering the roster at this point. Oh, please God, no. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just saying, considering, right. yeah. um, it, it would feel almost more natural at three hours than Raw would at this point. Or you, or you could have not had Nakamura wrestle this week, and had you know, done something with Mojo, Mojo and Rowan do something, something different. And, uh, yeah. cause again, Nakamura should be something special. And, and I think he shouldn't be on TV every week right now. And once he stops becoming something, something special, you know, do what you want. Yeah. So talking smack last night, what'd you think of, uh, the five women showing up and, um, Ellsworth being asked to leave? I thought that was a nice touch. I, I like that part, but the rest just seemed, uh, like they had to be reminded to get, be heated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like re- be reminded to not like each other. Like Natalia had to remind herself to talk smack. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the problem I had with it. Cause they just, they just come across as they all really like each other and they have to get into their wrestling personas about, you know, having conflict. Yeah. And Renee Young is always so good with those situations. Uh, he, she even pulled out the old Wade Barrett. Can I have some decorum? Um, I think I saw that on there. I thought that was pretty good. She was banging her gavel. Uh, So that that was a pretty nice little spot there. I think it would have been more effective to have one or two and then do another one or two next week and another one or two next week. And and that way you can just get more of an organic arguing as opposed to this loud bickering all over the place. And um, yeah, other than that, man, I think talking smack has just sucked since Daniel Bryan's been gone. There has yeah. been like nothing. And I, and the Miz too. I mean, the Miz, every time he was on there, uh, he would say something that's worth, uh, worth talking about after the show. There is like nothing worth uh, really talking about once talking the smack is over. Yeah. The Miz going to the raw was a big mistake. He's, he's that's gone good. down several pegs on raw and you know, SmackDown's hurting without him. And uh, he was just, he was just uh, flourishing. I, I, I don't, think Miz winning the Intercontinental title this Sunday really changes it that much either. Yeah. And he went to Raw to stay in a feud with Dean Ambrose, who he's been with on SmackDown forever. Right. So, that doesn't shake up anything. Yeah. There's, there's been no shaking up. Um, so speaking of Raw, we got Extreme Rules coming up this Sunday. Let's just quickly go over the card. Uh, Rich Swan and Sasha Banks versus Noam Dar and Alicia Fox in a mixed tag match. Chris, are you excited for this? I am not. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, I've got the faces winning here, but it's just something for them to do. Like I said earlier, I like the integration between the ladies and the cruiserweights. 
Um, it gives each of them something to do in a secondary storyline, but other than that, it's just there. Yeah, good for Rich Swan. I mean, that's how I feel about it. Raj? Yeah, I mean, I don't think this match is meant for anyone to care. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you always you got to have those undercard filler matches. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this gets moved to the pre-show. Actually, I mean, actually, they probably wouldn't just because they don't want to put the cruiserweights on the the. Well, actually, they probably will because they already have a cruiserweight match on there. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't care at all. I mean, do, do why should anyone care when they've all beaten each other already, right? I yeah. mean, it, it just gives them something to do. Um, you know, again, my my interest is what color ropes do they use? I mean, I'm guessing they'll they'll go with the cruiserweight ropes. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Raj, people have picked on me before for having abstract and esoteric concerns about a match. I think, uh, <laughs> you know, you do this long enough. You tape them half purple is what they yeah, should do. So yeah. it's it's an inter, I don't know what you call it, inter-division <laughs> match. Yeah. Uh, Neville versus Austin Aries. Chris, who do you think is going to win? Is Neville going to keep the title for the Cruiserweight champion? I think um, as good as he's been, it's probably time to give Aries a chance to run and see what happens. Um, so I'll, I'll take Aries with the last chancery. Yeah, after Rod, just by the booking, I was thinking it was probably going to be Neville. But they gave you know Neville his steam back, so it, I think it has to be Aries at this point because there's just no one else that's interesting to feud with Neville. And um, and so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Aries, and this feud keeps going. Yeah, he's got to he's got to get it. I think at this point, or it just strains the credibility. They've been doing this all year. Like, who can yeah. they Who can they add to the cruiserweight division that would uh, that would be on the level of Aries and Neville? Finn Balor. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be a career killer for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kalisto, if you really wanted to make that move, uh, yeah, I mean, you sh- totally could. But is Kalisto? Yeah, I mean, it's. It's something. I mean, he, he did beat Braun Strowman. I mean, I mean, of course, you know, on a technicality, obviously, but uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they booked it that they booked it that way anyway. So I mean, they, they tried to at least do something. Yeah, I guess I don't see Kalisto on their level, but you could put him there, you know. But um, yeah. I just see no one else that has that really star quality. Like Aries, I think uh, could be a star in the heavyweight division, um, and I think Neville with his new heel character could too. Uh, if if he's booked correctly, but um, you know Kalisto, I don't. And uh, but in NXT, actually, I'm trying to think of who else is there. Uh, mm, for the cruiserweights, I mean, Oni Lorcan maybe it will be a good filler, but he's not going to be that star power. Yeah. Um, I mean, he'd be a good roster filler because he hits harder than most of the heavyweights, honestly. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's think. <laughs> Someone's saying Johnny Gargano. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that feud to stay in NXT for a little while, but um, other than that, but you know, maybe in six months' time, if 205 Live is still a thing, that that could be a good choice. Yeah, I don't think Tommaso Ciampa because I think he could be a star in the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Alistair Black again, he's someone I could see as a star in the heavyweight division. So, but they yeah. put him at 205. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell him to start eating and bill him at 210. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, can you imagine that guys being like, "I got to get out of the cruiserweights, man." Yeah, that if, that doesn't give you uh, motivation to eat and lift weights. <laughs> I don't know what else does. Yeah, right. no, no, definitely. I had the reverse of that in high school wrestling. Uh, I was in like the second 
highest weight class. And I remember there was something like 190 and up. And it was just end up. So you could be 190, you could be 300 pounds. And I was like, I have to be under 190. I am not going in that weight class. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's the, uh, yeah. It's the opposite. Because MMA, yeah, you want to cut down to the smaller weight class. But here, everyone right. wants to go. People are saying Enzo. Uh, yeah. I mean, once this this storyline is done, it would be it would make the show way more entertaining. Uh, the the match quality would go down. Right. Also, I was about to say the his singles matches would probably not be very stellar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, Hardy Boys versus Cesaro and Sheamus in a steel cage for the tag team championship. Raj, we talked about this the other night. Uh, Chris, who do you, who do you see winning this? I don't think they're going to take him off the Hardys really? yet. Um, I, I don't. I mean, they've put a lot of effort into the Sheamus Cesaro tag team with the new get up, all the new um, the clothing and, and the teamwork and whatnot. And I think they've actually blended really well. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're going to drop them yet. Yeah. I mean, booking logic would tell you the Hardys are losing just because Seamus and Cesaro have lo- lost it, you know, <laughs> every, every match. Uh, in the WWE. Except for the one molten, that, that one gauntlet match where they look strong. Um, so booking logic would say uh, the Hardys are losing, but I think it's too soon to beat them for them being such a popular act. Uh, plus in a steel cage. I mean, you could do the ways where they sneak out of the cage and, and pull a fluke, and then it keeps that feud going. Because I don't know who you really have for the Hardys right now. I think it's too soon for the revival. Um, so, you know, who else is there to, yeah. to feud with? Um, so you yeah, have Samus and Shara win, you know, Shashara. I always do that with when I say Seamus and Cesaro. But you have them pull out a fluke. It keeps that feud going. And then the Hardys win it back down the road. Hopefully split up and and become singles, guys. Yeah. Uh, Alexa Bliss versus Bailey for the women's championship. Chris, who do you think? I'm torn on this one because they're trying their darndest to give Bailey something as a sympathetic baby face, and it's just not working. Mm-hmm. As good as Alexa is on the mic, that segment died a painful death, in my opinion, uh, on Monday. So I think it would be a mistake to put it back on Bailey at this point. But um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Alexa holding on to it for now. And real quick, we'll answer some of the questions. We got a lot of questions in the chat. Just use hashtag Wrestling Inc. so we can find them easily. But but we'll we'll try to get to uh, some of the questions today. Yes. Um. So I think uh, I think Alexa makes sense because she is kind of on a roll. Um, she's getting over. She's still new on Raw. Uh, but they've they've been burying Bailey something fierce the last, you know, I mean, Alexa beat her clean. Did she be, did she beat her clean at the last pay-per-view at payback? Yes, I believe so. And then she pinned her the next night in that tag match. And then Bailey has just made out to be, it looked like a fool pretty much every week since then. So I feel like you, you, you have to have Bailey win to protect her or to give her something to not have her fall. So, you know, so far she's not going to, it's not going to destroy her, but it, it, it's getting close if you keep booking her like this. But I just think Alexa's on fire right now. Is such a great heel that you know I, I'd like to see her. I'd like to see her win, and uh, you know keep keep that momentum and and lead to something with Sasha. She's pretty much found a different way to handle what chance three weeks in a row. 
three unique, clever ways. And I'm like, yep, that's that's the person you need as your top women's heel right now. Is somebody that can work a room and, and feel the crowd like that. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think, Glenn? I know Bailey's Bailey like and Sammy them. are your favorites. So they are not Bailey. <laughs> Bailey's my favorite. Raj, we've been doing this a year, man. How do you not know me better than that? Bailey's oh, yeah. okay, Bailey and Mojo. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay. Do we have to go through this again? Like Sammy, Be- Becky, I like Mojo. You know, uh, so what I, mean, I, 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 we have. So I do know. Yeah, uh, I like Alexa actually. If you've been paying attention, I know you gloss over and zone out many weeks when I talk. <laughs> but Alexa, Alexa is has is my favorite woman on Raw, easily, hands down. Um, that being said, I think that Alexa will be fine whether she wins or loses. Bailey needs the win because she just she looks terrible. Some Even. conviction with that pick, I like it. Oh, yeah, Man, I, got, I got you fired up. Yeah, Bailey absolutely <laughs> needs that. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, one that I wish I was a little more invested in, uh, Dean Ambrose versus The Miz, the continuation of their SmackDown feud for the IC title. You think The Miz is going to get it back, Chris? Yes, Full World's at number seven that it would be. Um, so, I mean, that's quite the reign. I mean, that, that's he's edging on, you know, Hall of Fame status, maybe? Who knows? I mean, se- yeah. seven... Yeah, I mean, seven IC titles and, what, two or three heavyweight titles. That's that's a pretty good repertoire. It's a good resume. Uh, Miz is definitely um, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you, yeah, the Bushwhackers so, are in the Hall of Fame. Well, touche. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, he, he's building quite the resume. He's still doing good work, even though it's not to the extent of his SmackDown work, because I don't think he has either quite as much freedom or or the other personalities to work off of like you did with, say, like a Daniel Bryan or a John Cena at that point. Yeah. Yeah, Dean's uh, not a great foil for The Miz, I don't think, at this point. Dean has just been lacking. He's just been, I don't know what it is. I mean, first of all, I think The Miz wins here. I think he's got to win. Um, Dean is just not, uh, there's just something not there that's not clicking. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I hate, you know, Dude, I'm going to get flack, but they, he should turn heel and, and, and uh, become more organic and, and try to find uh, more of an edge because he's supposed to be a lunatic. He doesn't act, really act like a lunatic except for doing dives, you know, in a match, which everyone does. So, um, you know, how is he a lunatic? You know, give him that edge. Let him let him be a little more uh, give him more free reign. And, you know, it's kind of like I said with Raw, Raw being so stale right now, I'd love to see all members of the shield turn heel and have them run roughshod on raw and make it interesting. And all those three guys are better off right now as heels. Yeah. And I think Bray Wyatt's better off as a face because that his mm-hmm. heel shtick has gotten so old. Extreme rules is where we got the Ambrose asylum match last year. Wasn't it with the thumbtacks and Chris Jericho? Oh God. Yeah. That was, that was awful. I was there for the unfortunate setup in Greensboro for that when they unveiled the, um, the asylum structure. <laughs> hey, I was like, Ooh, this looks cool, and then, eh. at least it was something, you know. I mean, it's extreme rules. And here's Dean Ambrose, a guy who back in the indies was, you know, th- this was a sh- thing, right? I mean, this is where he flourished. This is supposedly what he loves and he wishes he could do more of. And he's in a match where if he gets DQ'd, again, weird we're talking about DQs at extreme rules, but if he gets yeah. DQ'd, he, uh, he loses the title. It's very strange that they have him in a relatively 
sterile match. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, man. Wouldn't it, could you imagine though? I mean, like if they did the last year with Jericho and thumbtacks, that was a genuine surprise. Can you imagine if they did a Miz with thumbtacks that would have everyone's attention. I mean, no thumbtacks are kind of silly, but at least with the Miz. Like, yeah, with these two guys, it's not doing them any favors by not letting them have any play toys or anything like that. They, they need something to, because I don't think as much as I like both of them, neither of their in-ring styles are going to put on an absolute classic with each other. Right. Shouldn't I mentioned this on Monday? If the the pay per view is called Extreme Rules, shouldn't the step be no DQ as opposed to you lose on a DQ? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Extreme Rules, you lose on a disqualification. So and, you poke the person in the eye, you're out. And guys, I'm bummed that this is not being sponsored by Mountain Dew. Extreme Rules. I think Gold Bond is the sponsor based on what we've been seeing. Nice. You know. Gold yeah. Bond's we'll not get, that extreme. Uh, they're not going to have bottles of Gold Bond on the kickoff show, I don't think. Um, Hopefully they'll still, you know, do the kickstart with that. Oh, Jesus. God, at WrestleMania Access last year, I was just going by the table with the samples of kickstart. And I'm not really a soda drinker anymore, but I was just grabbing those. It was about three weeks after, just weird cravings for Mountain Dew kickstart. Something they put in there. Yeah. You know? Maybe they got to you. Yeah, absolutely. That's how, that's how they get you, the free samples. Um, the Fatal Five Way for the opportunity to face Brock Lesnar for the WWE Universal Championship at Crate Balls of Fire. Oh, good Lord. Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt versus Samoa Joe. The five top guys battling for the chance to face the absentee champ at a pay-per-view with the worst name of the year. Chris, who do you like? Please don't sound so excited, Glenn. Um, <laughs> man, I, I'm actually really looking forward to the match itself because all five guys can go, and there's no reason it should be a fantastic match. Um, so I give me Finn Balor because they're pushing him so hard that they pretty much don't have a choice at this point, but they may be setting that up um, you know, for the old swerve and, and throw somebody else in there. But um, it would be kind of a weird dynamic to have Balor versus uh, Lesnar with the size differential. But totally. you had Heyman mm-hmm. put him over so much, and if you put him in the demon get-up, then it gives it a little bit of a sense of believability at least. I I think it's – I kind of think it's too soon for Finn and Brock. I think that Heyman promo was to – Partially because I thought Finn was kind of flailing a little bit uh, since his return. And I, I think that helped elevate him a bit to that level. Because I feel like he, he's, he feels more like he belongs now uh, right. back in that main event picture where he was kind of slipping there for a little bit. Um, I mean, really, you know what's funny with this match? The least likely is Roman Reigns, right? Mm. Um, because they are trying to save uh, Reigns and Lesnar for for WrestleMania. So... And, you know, Roman beat Rollins on Raw. So he's the one I'm kind of throwing out. And I'm kind of throwing out Samoa Joe, too, because I think it's too soon. Uh, they, haven't, they haven't really built him up as, a, as this threat yet. Uh, you know, they, he, he does kind of have this badass gimmick, but he hasn't, he hasn't gotten to that, that Lesnar-level threat. Le- you know, like he, he'd be someone that, uh, that you know, could, would be a problem for Lesnar right now. Um, and I, I think he will down the road, but as a heel, I just don't see that dynamic right now. Bray Wyatt, someone, someone I think they could do. They've kind of protected him a bit. He beat Randy Orton, you know, at, at the last SmackDown pay per view. Uh, you know, again with Finn, I think, 
you do that demon gimmick a bit and then have him challenge Lesnar in the fall if he keeps it that long. You know, if the plan is for Lesnar and Reigns at WrestleMania, I hope that Lesnar is here and there at least until WrestleMania as opposed to gone for months. Uh, If it's not, I think you got to take the belt off him, put him back on if you really want to do that plan. But you got to have the world title on because these shows feel so pointless right now. So with that, I got to go with Rollins. I think think Seth wins. Hmm. We shall see. I'm with Chris on Finn. Um, so again, Extreme Rules coming up this Sunday, immediately after that ends on the East Coast. Myself, Raj, and Mr. Matt Morgan will be on here discussing everything match by match, segment by segment, surprise by surprise, and of course, disappointment by disappointment. <laughs> um, but it could be more surprises than disappointments, and that's really what keeps us watching. Oh, hey, a lot of these cards that look like they're nothing end up over delivering, and and absolutely, I, this event, y- you know, they uh. You know, the last pay-per-view, was it the last pay-per-view payback. that had the House of Horrors match? No, Payback. I'm, I always forget what Payback was. <laughs> Everything except House of Horrors was pretty solid. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll yeah, see but the, the, that House of Horrors brought it down something fierce. Yes. What will be the House of Horrors match of Extreme Rules? That's really the question we should be thinking about. And, and that, so that was my point. There's no House of Horrors this match on here so next tag um, yeah i, I don't oh. think but that's not like a gonna be put in a position oh, where, no. and plus rich swan and noam dar and and sasha and alicia they can they can go so well, yeah. they're all great they're they're all fantastic it, it's, it's just the storyline yeah it's the storyline it's how they book the cruiserweights it's so many things that make that get the reaction that it's gotten from people. It has nothing to do with the performers. In fact, I think that they're uh, all four of them are some of the more capable performers the WWE has, and they've earned the good graces of the fans. Um, William Regal. um, Sasha Banks. Yes. Yeah. He called Sasha Banks the, the one wrestler from NXT that he's most proud of. And Sasha can go. So um, (laughs) yeah, it should be good. All right. Let's get some of these, some Some of these these questions. questions. Here's a good one. Will Rusev interfere in the Orton match at Money in the Bank with Jinder? I I wouldn't mind that. Will he? Probably not, but I wouldn't mind that. He's I, don't think he, I don't think he's going to be added to the Money in the Bank ladder match. A couple of people are asking that. But I do. I think Rusev and Orton would be a good way to go if Jinder beats Orton. Um, yeah. You know, and, and then you move gender to, you know, either AJ or Nakamura. Um, and and that way you have two top-level feuds, you know. Um, so I, I think that makes sense. But uh, and, and it would be a good way to have gender win again without having to have Orton lose clean. Although I'd, I'd like to see Orton lose clean just because, you know, once in a while I feel like the heel world champions still need to get their wins to, to kind of add some credibility to that title. Yeah. No, I think that would be good. Um, what else do we got? Let's see here. Uh, Bailey wins. Alexa isn't seen again. I'm sure if Bailey won, they would keep that feud going. Uh, whereas Nia Ben, uh, we mentioned that earlier. She's around. They're just <laughs> creative. Has nothing for her. She's in Dana Brooke territory right now. Which is weird. You know, Nia versus Dana. That would be a good Extreme Rules match. Especially if someone's asking oh, where are the tables. Rules. No, that in the oh. tables match. Sorry, oh, God, guys. No, that would be god awful. Oh my God! No way! <laughs> what have you said? <laughs> now, if you, if, you, if Emma was back or something, uh, I just so it, and you made also, a three-way, right. then 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 you got something. I think the extreme rules should be like out of a random match generator. 
and just literally <laughs> be like this person versus this person with barbed wire, this person versus this person, you know, on chairs. But I mean, Naya was um, Alexis Diesel there for a couple of weeks, and it's just like they dropped that idea altogether once she once they figured out that Alexa could hold her own with the crowd and whoever else. So yeah. I, I thought that was kind of interesting that they just randomly dropped Naya from the equation. Yeah. Would the crowd boo Roman if he had Seth and Dean at ringside? I think initially mm. they still he still would. I still think I think I think he'd get a ton of, of boos at the beginning, but um, you know I'm sure after a while the fans would probably start cheering him. Yeah. Whereas the tables matches, you know, instead you got a title change hands on a DQ match. But you know, I'm I've never been a big fan of tables matches. I like using tables in matches, but you, you can come up with too many flukish finishes yeah. with the tables matches and uh what else can wwe go back to the old school mentality of booking i think they're so far gone now that it's hard for them to well if you look again i'm an nxt mark i think glenn you are to an extent yeah um if you look at the way they do things it feels much more old school um you know yeah. they have very defined heels and faces um they have some basic characters. They have some out of the box characters. Um, it's just a very good mixture of, of sort of the, the favorite years of wrestling for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's why a lot of those, I mean, I feel like NXT the past year since uh, really since they've lost Finn and, and Nakamura, Nakamura started getting a little, not stale, but he, he wasn't quite as, ex, as exciting as the top guy as I thought Finn was. I feel like the glory years of NXT so far have been uh, when Finn and Kevin Owens were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Samoa Joe, but um, yeah, I feel like the last six months of NXT has been kind of dull, but um, their angles still work, and it shows when you know Ciampa turned on Gorgano. I mean, the heat that you know that heel turn got, you don't see that much on the main roster, mm-hmm. the, the one exception being when Owens turned on Jericho. But uh, you know, it just shows like sometimes that simple storytelling can build, you know, can really build your stars, yeah. Well, we'll see. Someone's see. asking if it's a big mistake for WWE placing a title on Brock Lesnar and being a no-show. I <laughs> guess they mean until the July pay-per-view. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think? <sighs> Glenn, knock, knock yourself out, my friend. Uh, um, no, I th- you know, look, we've talked about it before. So does it give the title an air of intrigue and mystery? Sure, but I don't think that's what you want. I think it's there's been no stakes at the top at the top of the ladder, no pun intended, on Monday Night Raw. It's like we talked about the other night. You had uh, Seth versus Roman in a match that was pay-per-view quality, and it meant absolutely nothing. They weren't battling it out to be number one contender. They sure as hell weren't battling it out for the title. They were battling it out as a placeholder to the Fatal Five-Way against the other top guys for the opportunity to face the champ who we haven't seen all but once since WrestleMania. I just think there's gravity lacking at the top of the pyramid. Yeah, and I don't blame Lesnar. I blame WWE. I mean, they had all those appearances for Lesnar that they wasted on live events. And and he must have something weird in his contract where a Raw appearance costs way more than a live event, you know, match or, you know, something like that. Because some of this doesn't make sense. And and those all those Raws he showed up at where he shows up for a dark match segment to beat up the big show. And he didn't appear on the show at all. And, And now... And I, I've said this before, WrestleMania, you get this huge bump in your rating, right? It's the highest rated Raw of the year. Yeah. That is the time to start a hot feud. 
and build that momentum. Yep. And that's what they, their, their hottest era ever was when Steve Austin beat Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14. Um, and instead of just having, you, could you imagine if Austin was just gone for the next few months after that? <laughs> but instead of that, they had their hottest summer ever, which led to their, you know, the peaks of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's man, build that momentum off of WrestleMania. Try to get people that are tuned into Raw that next night to come, to keep coming in, and you know, wanting other people to join in with them instead yeah, this, of just, just building uh, lazy number one contender. Your story, you know, your your storyline for the next two months is just who's going to be the number one contender. Yeah, and let me know when you guys figure out that thirty day title defense uh, little clause. Um, <laughs> since they took it away from who was it Na- Naomi at that one point, um, since she technically could not defend, and now we haven't seen Lester in God knows how long. So, um, you know, well, has, has Naomi old, has Naomi defended? <laughs> well, they took it away from her, you know, before Mania, right? Uh, because but, of that, and then that, that's true. She may not actually have since that um, since Mania. So. Eh. Touche. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you can't take these rules too seriously. No. You know, when people get upset over the 30-day clause, it's like, it's just, it's WWE it's rules. They mean nothing. It's there for convenience it's, when a storyline needs it. Right, yeah, exactly. Like the rematch clause. Triple H never got right. his rematch clause from Roman Reigns, you know. Uh, you, you can't you can't get too bogged down on uh, storyline holes in, in WWE. Someone's asking about the thoughts on Cena's recent tweet about his return on July 4th. Yeah, that's his... Uh, it's his return date. John Cena is back on July 4th. We reported that a couple weeks ago. And uh, he was in Atlanta this week filming The Pact, uh, which is a comedy movie. And it was, you know, and SmackDown was in Atlanta. I figured they weren't going to show him on TV, but if he wanted to stop by and do a dark segment, that would have been kind of cool. But I think the schedule doesn't allow it because he's pretty swamped. Question for that, though. Um, since he's returning on July 4th, uh, Independence Day, does he go for the United States title or does he go for the world title? I think it's world title. Mm. I think that's why I think gender, I think gender beats Orton. You could go with Rusev interfering. Um, And then you go with, cause that's the, well, I guess you still got one more pay-per-view, right? You got a July pay-per-view battleground battleground. And that's like mid July, right? I believe mid mid or late July. Yeah. You got to set up for SummerSlam is what? Mid August. Right. And re- and with SummerSlam, they're not going to do two strong world title matches. They they never do when they have the two brands. So, one one brand will get the big the big world title match. The other one will get the not so big. And I think Raw already has Braun Strowman versus Lesnar. So I could see them doing Dolph Ziggler versus John Cena for the <laughs> Ziggler versus Jinder. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> we'll so see. we'll see. Cool guys. So, uh, taking it home here, Chris. Anything uh, you want to plug? Where can people find you on the Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Knockdown underscore Radio, and just hang out with me on Monday and Tuesday for Raw and SmackDown on the Wrestling Inc. Twitter, and uh, on the NXT Live Viewing Parties. Awesome, man. Raj, anything uh, you want? And plug? on the pay per views, he'll be on this Sunday for uh, the yep. Very true. Very this true. Sunday. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. And myself, I got some stuff with Luke Cox, independent wrestler. He starred with The Rock in a couple of movies lately. Uh, he worked a lot with Matt Hardy. So he, I got some. I interviewed him recently. Got some cool stuff coming up that I'm hoping to get up. I think it'll be today or tomorrow with more uh, next week. Uh, my interview with Tamatanga is coming up soon. Um, working on something with Tony Schiavone. We had interviewed him recently, but uh, hoping to get him on this podcast soon. So um, cool, man. Yeah, that's uh, you know, stay tuned and you know, it's busy weekend this weekend. So, so you know, yeah. make sure to keep checking this out. 
Sunday night, Sunday night, we're going to be here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast right after Extreme Rules ends. Myself, Mr. Matt Morgan, and Raj Giri talking about the lowdown on every single match that happens. Look forward to hope you all join us then. So until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein on behalf of Chris Calicut and Raj Giri. We'll see you next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.